You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 46 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft or an experienced storyteller that's looking to take your game up to the next level, I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. How we doing, Rob? Better, I think, now. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. Now our listeners can hear us. We're, uh, <laughs> we're recording. So uh, for those of you who are coming from our last episode to this episode, uh, we had a minor technical difficulty uh, in the other studio. So we've moved studios. So we started a little later on our live show. Not too much later. but Not too uh, much later. We're doing okay. We're but doing boy, okay. I'll tell you, Rocky, Rocky Start seems to be the order of the hour. No joke. In general, man. Like, yeah. It's been a weird week, I think, globally for everybody. And Oh, God. Even for, just since last Wednesday. Yeah. Like, yeah. all this happened, like, so fast, and you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for those of us, for those of you who are listening to this totally out of order, uh, maybe some point in the future, um, we're talking to you. Uh, so at this point in the past, we are going to identify this as the time... When we were in quarantine, yeah, this we is were the quarantine. Episode. We were originally going to do an episode about um, uh, contemporary games mm-hmm. and talking about either playing in contemporary times and playing as yourself or things like that. Um, and uh, we decided we had to switch that because a lot of our listeners uh, in the Discord were talking about uh, the current virus, yeah, and uh, some of the changes that are happening, some of the the governmental and national and world views on what you should and should not do and social distancing and, and yeah. how to handle those kind of things. So I think when, when things started shutting down, when they were starting like, okay, no more no more restaurants you right. know, sitting in, like you can do takeout, but that's it, you know, um, no uh Apparently they really wanted us to end our episode early. This is just, <laughs> it's just the way today goes. It really way. is. So... Um, but yeah, but when when they started doing that, and of course, you know, uh, like even even my work, like and and I work uh, at a, in one of those offices that kind of has an ongoing yeah, yeah, yeah. service that, uh, yeah. that that we provide a twenty four seven service. And I'll tell you, we don't shut down for anything. No, you know, I mean, like we're talking about like blizzards. You know, uh, governor has declared a state of emergency Whatever. in the state of get Michigan. Get your ass into the office. Yeah, it's like please, please take extra care on your way into the office. Right. Is the email we get? You well, know? no, but I mean, but at the same time, a lot of the things that uh, your company does is servicing those people who are out in that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no different than like, you know, police and fire and sure, medical. You sure. you got to be there for them. Sure, but um, uh, but, but yeah. keeping that in mind though, you know, and it was a little it was a little jarring for me and I've been with the company for 10 for 10 years. Yeah. And it was a little jarring for me for them to start like, okay, you know, we really need to start sending people home like yeah. we really need to start like working out some policies for how to deal with, you know, massive absences like mm-hmm. our attendance policy has been suspended. Yeah. Like right now, like we don't care if you're out sick. Like that, that's fine. You know, you're not going to get any attendance points over it. Like right, that's, right. that's cool. Stay home. Yeah. Don't bring that crap in. And, uh, you know, and, and then uh, for the first time ever, you know, I've I've gotten to work from home. Like which is crazy. I brought my computer home today and it's like weird for me. You know, yeah, so yeah. I mean, I work from home, so I'm kind of used to this. But mm-hmm. just seeing the uptick on what's going on with my office and we've got like I mean, we're, we're pushing 10 over 10,000 employees in ours. Yeah. Um, all over the United States. And the biggest thing with our company is we're tracking where everybody is, what's going on in those areas, how to best handle those. A lot of us are work remote, uh, mm-hmm. but we have huge install teams Yeah, um, that have – We, I mean we have our own jets to fly those teams out um, and we've had to pull people out. We've had to oh, yeah. you know, take, make sure that when people are going in, we're handling that separately. We've got to follow certain regulations and mm-hmm. we have to be very careful. And you know, some of our installs just got canceled or pushed off because they just don't have the personnel to do it. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. Like that's it's gonna cause a ridiculous backlog. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that's gonna come out of this that a lot of people are just, you know, it's risks that nobody thought were gonna hit. Yeah. I mean our our probably our, our I mean really our entire lives have just been turned upside down right now in, in a lot of aspects. And but we'll get over it. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get over it. We'll get over it. But but it's a weird time right now, you yeah. know. And uh, I know it's that's kind of affected our gaming groups very much. You know, to to kind of bring yeah. it around to topic, very much so. Is uh, you know, we're I mean, we we've got a couple different games that we're in. We're my game, yeah. your game. My boyfriend's running actually two different games. Yeah. Um, a couple of our our, our uh, the, the the Mad Elf is running his yeah. Mouse Guard game. 
Um, so, you know, we're, we're having to have some real discussions now of like, do we feel safe gathering five people together in the same house, you know? Right, right. And are or, we... And it's not even those people. And that's the, the – I think that's the biggest concern that I have is that a lot of people are like, yeah, it's fine, fine. We all know each other. We're all healthy. Right. You know, we it's... know our families. But it's who you're making contact with. Yeah. That's yeah. where it gets really iffy. So we wanted to start kind of our discussion with, with with a little bit of real talk about what actually is going on right now and how it does kind of affect your gaming group like this. Yeah. Um, because uh, we were thinking, you know, we any outlet that people are listening to, we want to use to get some good facts out there um, yes. about how things work, how the whole COVID nineteen thing is, is is going on. Now, keeping in mind that this is a there's a five to ten day incubation period um, for this for this virus, and yeah. you are contagious that entire time. Now, what that means for those of you who don't understand how incubation periods work is essentially the virus is alive and well and acting, but you're not going to show any symptoms for five to ten days. Right. You will feel healthy. You will appear healthy. Mm-hmm. You will continue to function like a regular human being. And you will be spreading the virus that entire time. And that's one of the reasons why this whole thing is being taken so seriously because you don't have to be coughing and sneezing and running a fever to be able to infect other people. Right. And that's the big concern is that in infecting someone else, it is a simple activity and it can infect animals as well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you go to your friend's house and you make sure you don't touch them. You keep a distance from them and, you know, you're you're careful about everything else. It doesn't mean that you're not leaving something that is then getting picked back up again. And that's scary. That's that's scary for not those people, but also the people they're in contact with. It is because it's just it's invisible and it's weird. And And there's really there's not enough people to care about, you know, or to be able to take care of everyone. And there's not enough beds to cover all the people who have respiratory issues. Everything yeah. from light asthma all the way to people who are like my grandfather before he passed only had one lung. Yep. Like – The immunocompromised. Yeah. Um, so so, so think – if you're, if you're seriously considering to get together with a group of people, be careful about your considerations even if it's just for the next month. Just take a second. Think about the people they're in contact with. Remember that these are people that you want to keep gaming with. You mm-hmm. don't want them to be sick. The worst thing that could happen is you guys do have a gaming session and then 10 days later, you know, now that person can't come to the next session because they're sick. And you wonder, okay, am I sick? Mm-hmm. Who else is sick? Who else have I got infected? And that that's where we need to kind of just take a pause. And yeah. the good news is there are some great resources out there and there are some wonderful systems out there. Um and some wonderful people who are generating content and we want to start talking about that. Let's, let's let's step away from what the problem is, whether this is a snowstorm that's keeping you in or this quarantine. Or a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean who, who knows? Who yep. knows what could be keeping you in? But as long as you've got the internet, we've got some solutions to help you. Yeah. That, that shouldn't, shouldn't necessarily – just because you can't meet face-to-face does not yeah. mean you have to stop gaming. Right. I mean some people go away to college. Some people tra- have to suddenly start traveling for work mm-hmm. and that shouldn't stop them and shouldn't stop you as a storyteller from getting your story out there and enjoying it. Sometimes there's a snowstorm three times in a row when you're trying to plan your D&D session. Oh my god. Not so what I'm talking about. We all know about those moments. Oh my god. So uh, – all right. I think the first the first obvious thing we need to bring up, uh, the, the proverbial elephant in the room, though it is a great elephant, is the uh, – is Discord. Um, uh, Discord is is just a uh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful program. Um, no, obviously we use that to tend our um, uh, you know our our group discussions and stuff of like that. We pull a lot of our show questions and stuff of like that from from Discord. But uh, as far as a gaming tool goes, I think it's phenomenal. I think it can be. Um, and it, I mean, you have the ability to share a screen. Yeah. You have a nice chat client. Yep. The voice quality is good. They mm-hmm. just recently upped it from 10 to 50 yeah. for those people who have giant gaming groups <laughs> who may be listening to our show. <laughs> um, but you can share content. Mm-hmm. You can share linkage. You can have multiple channels. So you could have something that's just for the game and another one for chat and another one for combat. You can make random roles on it. There's role systems built into it. Oh, are there? Yeah, yeah, God, I, didn't even, I didn't even realize yeah, that. We were rolling. There's, there, I feel weird when I don't roll physical dice, so I think Yeah, I, I agree. But sometimes you need to you need to have a group roll or you need to have some kind of a thing like yeah. that. And I think that's a fine idea. Yeah, I think that's great. perfectly well. Um 
So I think that uh, um, Discord is a great way to do it. It's, it's got some drawbacks. I look, will, look, look, look what? Um, first things that I would say is that um, being that Discord is a open mic with ducking system, mm-hmm. um, sometimes if you've got multiple players who are in the same house, mm-hmm. for instance, um, the microphone can do weird cut in and cut out. That's true. That's um, true. You also get um, and I and I'm going to say this, and this covers pretty much every remote situation. Um, background things that come on in the background, yeah, noises that you're not hearing because you're not listening to yourself. That you're not that no one may tell you is going on. Um, and I think we're going to kind of I'm going to set that also to the end of the conversation of like good etiquette. We'll get to that using push to talk. We'll get to good etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and then the other thing is is that not everybody has a camera. To be able to set up uh, good views of what they have. Mm-hmm. So – and then you can't move your own mini, you that's, know, that's and, and kind of direct those things. But I think that's, that's kind of a general thing when you deal with a situation where it's one person presenting and everybody else just watching. Yeah. Um, I mean we, we had some good luck with it um, with, uh, with Sean's game. Mm-hmm. Um, the the aforementioned snowstorm. Yep. Uh, we all decided that we were. I think I mentioned this on a previous on a previous episode too. Yeah, that, you did. Uh, you definitely did. Uh, you know, we we got hit with a snowstorm. It was uh, supposed to be uh, me and uh, one of our one of our show contributors, Knox in the Box, uh, and a couple other people. And uh, kind of last minute, they decided you know the snowfall was too was too too much. They weren't going to be able to make it out to our place. And uh, but then we decided you know maybe maybe we can lever some technology in there. Um, so we got them. Uh. On voice and on, uh, what is it? kind of kind of like watching watching Sean's because what Sean did was Sean live streamed his desktop, right, and then pulled up a virtual tabletop program. I think he was using Fantasy Grounds. Okay, yep. yep. Um, and then basically live streamed his Fantasy Grounds so that we all had essentially as a, like a like a Twitch stream yeah, yeah, yeah. of just his his desktop so he was able to show us maps mm-hmm. move minis around and um you know whatnot with that uh and we all had our own dice we had enough trust in the group that we could just roll our dice and declare our results so we didn't need them you know posted to the to to a chat or anything like that just to be clear Overwatch is reserving something we we've, we've got a a whole app being built oh. in the chat log here about robotuprising.com oh. so <laughs> That has so, been trademarked by Overwatch. We are not allowed to have that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, so what, what he's talking about for those of you who aren't in the live chat right now is uh, that that random dice rollers aren't aren't random. No, and I, I, it's not something. It's not something I fully understand, but I trust the programmers in my group. Um, yeah, I, I'll we'll just say yes. There's a long discussion there, but yeah. But, but they're not. But yeah, ran- random numbers chosen by computers are not actually random numbers. And uh, apparently, what you need is a robot arm mm-hmm. that shakes a dice cup and rolls it for you. Correct. And then you stare at those numbers to truly get a random number out of a machine. Right. And so robotuprising.com is going to be his his website for where you queue up your roll, your roll on this <laughs> robot arm. Yeah. Actually, that'd be pretty cool to create <laughs> like a, cool. a Rube Goldberg kind of machine that rolls the dice and then drops them and then reloads the system. This is going to be like a space age version of Kitten Cam. No, that's pretty much what it is. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Right, no, I like this. I like this. Good. I've watched that for hours. I, I think Overwatch is going to make a billion dollars. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Uh, but but no, I, like I said, I, I think it worked really well. I mean, we mm-hmm. had everybody on voice. Yeah. Um, we had everybody, uh, uh, you know, uh, looking at the same screen because our our storyteller was was doing that. He was even because it was basically streaming from his computer. He was able to put on some background music for us as well. Yeah, and that came to all of us on our headphones mm-hmm. through his live stream. Yep. Because we were watching that. So, yep. um, I, I mean, look, in, in a pinch, in the middle of a snowstorm, I think yeah. it came together really well. Yeah. I used Skype to mm-hmm. be an alternative to this yeah. um, with uh, when I did 7C stuff. And I think it works really well because there isn't minis really involved. Um, and it was all just chatter. But we could actually see each other's faces as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that added to some of the expressionism. Because it is a very social game. It is. Yeah. It is. There's a you. You want to look at someone while you're role playing with them. Right. And since in since character character things are important, that was one of the things that could come up. But it also gave us the option, which I thought was kind of neat. You could bring up a portrait, mm-hmm. and you're talking to the portrait. Oh yeah. And so I thought that little was character sketch. Yeah. Or so like I thought that, that yeah. was kind of a neat way of doing it. You could also easily share out images, so you'd have 
looks. And so we were sharing a lot of uh, movie content because a lot of time movie and art content. Mm-hmm. So somebody just had a bunch of art that uh, that they had of a certain character like this is my, what my character looks like. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing something like this. Yeah. You know? And that was kind of neat to be able to do stuff like that. So I think there are advantages of something like Skype for those types of games where they are more social or where you have a lot more social things going on where – you want to incorporate visuals and get these like you know deeper scenes where you're like, oh, is that what it looks like here? Is mm-hmm. that what's really going on here? Um, but I think having the music available is a huge thing so long as it doesn't overpower the conversation to be able to hear things. Yep. You know, yep. that's a huge just, thing. Just a little feedback of like, hey, it's coming in a little hot. Can you knock it down a notch? You know? Yeah. And it just – there was a little bit of tweaking that went on, but I think it worked really well. Yep, yep. Um, and of course he was already sitting at his computer because that's where we're running all this off of anyways. So mm-hmm. he had full, yeah. you know, full control on dual monitors to just yeah. go to and town with it. one of the things that I think both of these, um, add to, and I, and we'll, I also want to say like there are other systems, like Fantasy Grounds does its own stuff. You can actually run full Fantasy Grounds, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. It's its own piece. Uh, Roll20 has done... A great job of kind of pulling stuff together for, yeah. for gaming. Um, I haven't fully used it, but I've started playing around with it and saw how easy it was to freaking create a campaign. I, I played a little bit of Roll Twenty. You know, do you feel that it's it's got enough tool set to be able to to meet the kind of technical qualities of that we've spoken with Discord and Skype? I I mean, it definitely surpasses Discord and Skype. Oh, it does. Um, okay. in in its capability to run a tabletop game. Okay, I'm mean, because it's streamlined for that. You know, right? Um, now I I I. I don't know. I know. It, I know it has like you know chat and video and and voice and stuff like that built into it. But mm-hmm. we didn't actually use any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that it has those capabilities. We just use Discord and then just you know watch the live tabletop in in, in Roll Twenty. Fair enough. But uh, the great thing that I really liked about Roll Twenty, especially for like running Fifth Edition D anD D, is that in uh, Fifth Ed, by the way, is not the only game that Roll20 has. Roll20 right, you were saying that. Yeah, yeah. Dozens of games that it has mm-hmm. built-in character sheets for and stuff like that that are all programmed into it. So you can right. have live character sheets almost um I wouldn't say it's it's as good as something like um D&D Beyond. Right. Uh but it's definitely along that level of functionality where you've got all your stats with you. The thing that I really did like about it though mm-hmm. is like You've got your character sheet pulled up in a side window, right? Mm-hmm. And your DM asks you for, say, a perception check. You just click on perception and it rolls it for you. Mm. And it throws that right in the in the chat window. And it will okay. say, you know, Sarah rolls perception and it will actually do both D20 just in case you have advantage or disadvantage and you can take – Oh, which, nice. That's simple. Know, obviously, if you're not rolling it, if it's a straight roll, you just take whatever the first the, the first number is. If it's at disadvantage, you take the lowest of the two. If it's advantage, you take the highest of the two. Right. But it always gives you the two results. Nice. And it's the same thing for damage too. So you can roll to hit and it will also give you the damage value of automatically. that hit automatically. If so it's like, it's like you rolled an 18 to hit for six damage. Gotcha. You know. So it's it's combat system based uh, as far as like uh, digital gaming combat uh, kind of rolls. Uh, where it yeah, pre does I mean, all the calculations and then it's up to the DM whether or not they made contact, but he's already got all the stats and information. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. He he knows at that point that if an 18 hits, it did six damage. Right. And if it didn't, he just ignores it, you know. Yep, exactly. Interesting. Okay. Um, and then, of course, they've got the uh, the live tabletop. Uh, going on as well. So you've mm-hmm. got a grid system. They've got a pretty good marker system. Um, the markers themselves, you can uh, attach stats to like hit points or magic points or, you know, whatever else you, you can you can think of uh, in there. Um, you can even add like little life bars on things. So you can kind of see how wounded things are. Uh, and it will even do little things like um, lighting. Uh, I, 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 I'm not familiar with it because I was not the storyteller in this particular campaign right. as far as how it actually functions like that. But you can do things like where if you open up a door, you know, the light will spill out from that room into the hallway with, you know, crude sort of geometry to it. Okay. Um, you can have uh, attached light sources to tokens so characters can be holding torches and whatnot and only reveal the areas of the map that fall within that light. It's pretty neat actually. Sounds like it. Yeah. And Fog of War as well. So, you know, you can only reveal the rooms that you're able to see. Right. So um, I liked it. I, I did think that it had a pretty significant learning curve to it. But because uh, I did poke around with it a little bit myself. But I think if you do take the time to get into it and kind of learn it, there's some good tutorials set up on, on the site for, to teach you how to do it. Mm-hmm. 
um, I think it's really worth worth the time as a as a virtual tabletop and as a gathering space. I mean, especially too when you know when getting together in person is not an option like right now. Right. Then I mean, any port in a storm, man. D, d, roll, True. You uh, you could do a lot worse than roll twenty. Okay. You fair do enough. A lot worse than roll twenty. So knowing that stuff, I'm going to say a couple of pieces of etiquette. And and I think this goes on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, from a storyteller perspective, don't just drop this on your players at the last minute. Don't make it like, oh, we're not going to get together. You know, it's it's Friday night. You say, okay, we're canceling for tomorrow and doing it remote. Everybody go to this site and download Discord and get yourself an ID oh, and do God, all that. Yeah. Do do not do that. Yeah. To be you know, clear, when we did our, our our Discord session, it took like two hours to set everybody up right. and get things working. So, so and and you have to be patient as a storyteller that things technically may not work that way, mm-hmm. and you may just have to be like you may have to set up that time in your head that says, if after an hour of frustration, it's not worth it. Don't push that level of technology. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get everybody on Discord, but for whatever reason you can't get your screen to share or you can't get that music going that you wanted to or whatever, gut your losses, take what you can get mm-hmm. and just go with what you got. Um, two, don't make assumptions. Um, and I think this goes for saying that your players may not all have computers. Some of them may have tablets only and phones. Mm-hmm. They may only use computers at work. They may only have an Xbox at home or whatever for their gaming, which means they may not have headsets. They may not have microphones. They they, they, they might just be sitting there with their phone in their hand, you know, trying to listen to you and look at a tiny little screen. Yeah. So understand that there are going to be technological differences between you and your players when you start moving into this realm Um on a happenstance. People who do this on a regular basis, you know, who go online to do their remote gaming probably know what they're getting into mm-hmm. to a certain level. But your players who you've played with via pen and book may not. They yeah. just may not have those things for them. So you have to be a little bit – so if you can give them a little bit of time ahead of time, they might be able to handle it. I mean it's amazing what Amazon can deliver in two days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you may you may even want to do almost like a almost like a, like a technology session zero, I guess. You yeah, know, like I, like, a, like a dry run of your technology. Like no, maybe, I, you know, I a, think that's a, a total, night or two before. Yeah, with some of your players, and if there's a player who's having a problem, give them a little bit of space. Like yeah. let them. Let, they're gonna struggle. That's okay. Try and work with them as best you can. Mm-hmm. Um, on the player side, I'm gonna flat out say this: it drives me nuts that people don't realize their microphone picks up as much as it does. Do yourself a favor before, and, and everyone in your group a favor before you get into the session. See if there's a way to test your microphone. Mm-hmm. Just without even you talking, just hit that test button and listen on your headphones or record something. Like get yourself something like you know Audacity or the Microsoft Recorder or if you're using an Apple, I'm sure there's some kind of Apple mic thing. Mm-hmm. And just record for like 30 seconds of you just talking. Then play it back and listen and see how many background sounds you hear. You might be amazed that your fish tank and your dog and the the kid who lives next door who's through the wall is paper thin mm-hmm. is all getting picked up by your microphone. And you might need to do a little of adjustment. Maybe put a sock over it. I don't know. You know, fig, you know, take a look at some options. Everybody's mics are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um or just use push to talk where you're turning on and off your microphone while you're working. Push to talk is my suggestion. Yeah. Uh, and my 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 only addition to this whole you'd be surprised what your mic can pick up thing mm-hmm. is because this is a personal just giant pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. to the point of uh, if you know the definition of the word misophonia mm. uh, is is something I uh, I deal with. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, if you eat on mic, mm-hmm. like it literally triggers my fight or flight response. Yep. And I, like, I'm not joking. That's not hyperbole. Like, no. it makes me want. It like triggers something in me. The sound of someone crunching in my ear mm-hmm. makes me want to just reach out and strangle the source of it and make it stop, or just utterly take my headphones off and walk away. Because, yeah, yep. no, I get it. I get it. I get yep. it. And that goes for a lot of things with people. Knox in the box would like to know if he can stir mac and cheese. No, you, Caitlin. Caitlin, we got uh, we got opinions on this one about stirring mac and cheese. I actually used to do that to prank people on this old show of mine a lot, <laughs> so I can't even say anything. <laughs> so, so was it? Now, hold on. There's there was something that happened. Was so was it the show where it was like, is this sex or is it stirring mac and cheese? 
Well, actually, we had a different segment that involved is a sex or donuts. But that's besides the point. No, so what I would do is I found this like this is 10 a minute episode. long yeah. ASMR video. Oh, wow. Like 10 minutes of this girl just stirring mac and cheese. So I'd start it really low and I just slowly bump up the levels <laughs> till finally people start looking and be like, Kate! <laughs> that's some serious troll in there, Kate. It's amazing. So, yeah. So just be mindful of the sounds that you're making. Um are probably louder than you think. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when I'm in the studio, um, a lot of times Vicky will remind me, my wife will say, hey, I was listening to the show and you need to breathe away from the mic, Darth Vader. Yeah. And <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. I, I may find my Darth Vader snoring, you know, thing going on over here to be just me. But there's apparently a sound that gets carried across pretty heavily at times. Sometimes. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a billion things I do, too. That <laughs> just, Yeah. But, but we don't notice it. But and we don't notice it because it's, it's us. And correct. You don't hear yourself the same way that everybody else hears you. That's, I think, the important part is. And that's why it's important to record yourself and just play yourself back because yeah. you're, you're not going to notice it because you do it all the time and you're used to it. Right. And Discord does have a functionality to let you do cutting where it it picks up your voice, mm-hmm. you know, the automated system, those will sometimes pick up other sounds like the clicks of a keyboard if you are a heavy typer and your keyboard is a clicky keyboard. Oh, I love clicky yeah. keyboards. That sounds familiar. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just just be mindful. That's all we're asking on that side, um, especially when we do it. But content. Mm-hmm. We have been blessed with content recently. We really have. Um, Critical Role and D&D Beyond or, or Critical Role and Roll20 got together with D&D to yeah. release a free module of their stuff, mm-hmm. which probably should, couldn't have come out at a better time. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, well, the Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount just came out and that's Critical Role's proprietary <laughs> setting. Um, <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Okay. Please keep going. <laughs> So you're reading the live I'm chat? I'm just reading the live chat. Just keep going. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, so um, uh, the Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount just came out, which is uh, uh, Critical Role's proprietary Teldore uh, – or uh, sorry, Exandria setting. Teldore yeah. is a continent. Correct. Exandria is the world. Yes. Um, and uh, so, and that's part of now of the official D&D universe. Which is great. Which is great. I think it's it's absolutely phenomenal. It's some great world building there too. Uh, but of course, it kind of as a promo piece for that, they released yeah. a free adventure that uh, you can go and download, which I think is a great – You don't even have to download with Roll20. You can literally – you click a link. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you once you're sitting in roll twenty, you click one button and it starts and builds the whole adventure. Oh my god! It is that easy. That's phenomenal. I, I I may or may not have created a link so people could join and add characters just to see what it looked like. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. I, I may yeah. I may throw hmm. that in the chat here. Okay. I may not. We'll see. We'll might, see. Might have to put that out on the. Uh, on well, the... I'll put it in the live chat for our patrons. Ha ha. We, we could throw it up on Twitter for people too. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Okay. That might. That might throw a lot of people in there. But okay. 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 okay so, okay, uh, okay. but uh, I'll, I'll throw it in there in a second here for you guys. But uh, also, uh, talk about the White Wolf stuff that just oh, came out. Oh yeah. Uh, so Onyx Path Publishing um, has. Uh, if I, 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 I think I'm not wrong on this. Onyx Path Publishing has picked up the publishing licenses for all the old White Wolf stuff, uh, the World of Darkness, um, and so. In light of the quarantine situations that uh, a lot of people are running into, they are like, "Hey, if you're going to be ga- if you're going to be home, nothing better to do than game." So here is for free on Drive Through RPG. Yes, uh, you can get uh, like Vampire the Masquerade, you mm-hmm. can get Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, Mage the Ascension. Yep, mm-hmm. and uh, it was Dark Ages actually as well. It was in there, and uh, I, I personally I love Dark Ages. Oh yeah, That's Dark Ages is always your jam. I mean, yeah. it's. It's ruined as a system. Like, don't try and you can rule stack yourself into oblivion. Seriously, sure, it's, sure, it's pretty sure. amazing. But it's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of great content in there. It's a wonderful world to run around in. And uh, seeing the cover just brought it right back to me instantaneously. Seeing that they had that out there, so you nostalgic so hard. I did. I really, really did. And it was funny because uh, one of my friends actually printed our mutual friend printed uh-huh. those books. Like it was his printing house that printed oh, those, so nice. he had stacks still at his house. Oh, jeez! Of 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 prints. Mm-hmm. So I was able to gift my wife, who I pl- I used to play it with oh. as a gift. He he was able to bring one home and say, "Here's an original Dark Ages clean copy." Oh. 
So to, to so she has a nice, crisp, clean copy of the mm, book. Sweet. It's it's kind of a neat thing when you after years and years of playing games and like writing in the margins and scrawling your name in crayon and mm. stuff to to finally find like an original copy of something and be like, oh my god, I finally gonna have it all back again. It doesn't you know? have Mountain Dew spilled on it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, but yeah, you can get those at drivethroughrpg.com. Mm-hmm. Um, drivethroughrpg, uh, if, for those of you who don't know, is a really great online yeah. resource. It's a repository for role-playing games. Yes. Um, and you can get the digital versions of a lot of these books. Just download them in PDF file. And I think they also have printing services too where you can get it yeah. um, printed, especially – which is great if it's an out-of-print book. Very much so. Um, or a non-print book because there's a lot that are going straight to digital. Yeah. And – Sometimes you just want a paper copy of it, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, There's uh, uh, like uh, for for spe- especially rare books, mm-hmm. um, like you've all heard me talk about Adventure Tales of the Aeon Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, before I found miraculously my uh, my my hardcover version, or, or you know my my hard copy version mm-hmm. of that. Um, I was actually going off of a PDF version that I'd gotten from Drive Through RPG because it was the only place I knew if I can get it. Yeah, I mean, it been it was it was it was out of print before it hit the shelves. Right. You know, and and the Seven C stuff that I have, a lot of people want the first edition books. Nobody can find them. Mm-hmm. Drive Through RPG has all of them. Yep, and they're inexpensive. There's a lot of adventures that are up there. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy uh, that myself and Draven have been using for the uh, print on tiles. Yeah, sheets. All of his stuff is up there, and it's oh, okay, pay what good. you want. Good. So it's you. I, I paid him a dollar each one of the PDF books, so mm-hmm. I get made bucks for it. But I mean, that gives him a little bit of money. But even he says you can download them for free. I want. I want to say that WRNM mm-hmm. uh, Warrior Rogan Mage. Yep. it was also up there. I do believe. so. I know that's a free system. So I mean, it'll it's be like, zero dollars. So yeah. you pay what you w- want. Would you like to purchase this for nothing? Exactly. Yes, yeah. You know. And there's a lot of times you will find really good deals that people do with drive through RPG. So I highly recommend people go and surf it, take a look at it. Um, you may run into systems that you uh haven't ever heard of before or something that you're unfamiliar with. So it it's a nice repository to go look for things um, and find what the real prices are. I mean, especially if you're out at a, you know, gaming convention, you know, and you're digging through some huckster's book set and he, you, know, you pull out an original copy of Palladium Rifts and you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. well, how much? And he's like $70. And you look at the book and the actual book's $39.95. You're like, 70 bucks. Then you go on drive through RPG and you can get it for like five, fifteen, yeah, less, ten, you know, something like that, right? You know, and that's that's the kind of stuff that uh, uh, that you might need copies of, especially if you find a storyteller who wants to run that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, and it, that's a great way too of getting through the, uh, the the whole problem of the storyteller has the books, but none of the players do. Exactly. Exactly. You know, for you throw fifteen bucks at fifteen bucks is really easy to to throw at uh, at a game. Yeah. Yeah, you know. and especially if uh, uh, if it's a situation where you guys are playing remote and you just need a copy of something. Yeah, absolutely, it's not a bad way to go. And they're, I would say their 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 PDFs are pretty high quality too. Um, a lot of them are like indexed and searchable, and yes. it's all it's all um, you know scanned to, scanned to text, so you can actually like search and copy the text and stuff yeah. like that. So. So gives you some ideas, things you can go after. Mm-hmm. I know we've got some questions that people threw together. I, I think we should go there. We actually have a new listener. With questions, like oh. right off the bat, between Wednesday and now, I love it. I love so, it. So uh, we live in we live in interesting times, but sometimes that isn't always bad. So. Exactly, and I think this is a perfect question for this. Um, Arcane Asylum, thank you for joining us, um, and thank you for joining the Discord. We're glad to have you and the rest of your crew that you choose to bring. Um, asks uh, in the theater of the mind version of combat with no battle map or miniatures what is the best ways to manage the process and keep straight everyone's actions without losing the pc's strategic actions oof i'm gonna be dead honest um this is why i love miniatures and terrain so much i agree because i think it takes all that ambiguity out of things um but for me i think really you want to you want to focus a lot on um Make sure that everybody has an avid description of what's going on yep. if if it matters. Now, keeping in mind that this doesn't always matter for combat. No. You know, 
because sometimes your combat now we we talked about it a lot and this is more your style than right. mine my style is more, a lot more literal a lot more strategic your style is a lot more cinematic very much so so in a cinematic combat does it really matter if the guy's 10 feet away or 15 feet away not in the least bit not in the least bit nope because I can still reach out and smack them in a cinematic, exactly. you know, movement. Now, I might explain that this guy is up on a, a dais or maybe he's on a balcony that's three stories up and sure. all of his henchmen are down below. And somebody might say, is there ivy up there or a way that I can parkour my way up the building? I'm like, yeah, yeah, there is. No, no, there is. No, let's there make is. an acrobatics Let's, let's do this thing. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I do in cinema uh, when I'm doing the – when I'm doing my storytelling that way is that I, I try to express how it is happening cinematically, mm-hmm. thematically uh, versus worrying about the positioning because the stories that I tell often – that doesn't matter. I want the PCs to keep going. Yeah. yeah. I'm not worried about the grind of the grunts coming in. And them having to calculate spells and deal with the minutiae of details. If I want something to be intense, mm-hmm. I will make it intense. If I need it to be to, – to feel grand, I will make it grand. I won't let the numbers play that game. Yeah. yeah. OK. I will watch for the players' reactions uh, and, and tell the story through that kind of theming. So I think for me, it is very much about not worrying about the minutiae. I might make a couple of quick notes. And then I'll just be like, all right, how do you do it? Mm -hmm. Like you just way laid into this guy and laid him out. How's it going? You've done that a lot of times at the end – ending a combat with something like, oh, this person just died. Okay, how do you do it? Yeah. Like how do you you do the death blow? Because it doesn't matter what they're doing. Sure. They're using a weapon, whatever. Yeah, let the action play itself out. It's 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 all it's all just as in description. Yeah, you know. And when it comes to the numbers, the numbers almost don't matter. You yeah. Know? And I think at that point, once you start removing the minutia, your players will play differently. I mean, if it's about the minutia and it's about the miniatures, then do it that way. You but know, I, I think a lot of that comes down to your gaming group as well. Very much your so. group. I mean, if you're running a cinematic game, then mm-hmm. you know, obviously, you know what to expect. Yep. Uh, sitting down at the table with Rob, I know what to expect mm-hmm. out of his storytelling. You mm-hmm. know, uh, but uh, you know, I, th- I think if you if you shift gears, yeah, if you go from a you know a number crunchy game, and then all of a sudden you're trying to describe things in uh, vague cinematic sweeping details, mm-hmm. then you're going to give your players a little bit of whiplash. Yeah. And, and there's there's going to be a little bit of recoil there for you. And I I've even done it a little bit with with my D and D game where I'm kind of being a little more cinematic but still using minis. And I do that so that my players get to get a visual of their movements around a space. Sure, but I don't have to use it all the time, and mm-hmm. I don't. I try not to. Um, right now, my D and D game, I'm doing it more often just so I can get more comfortable with D and D as a whole, like the fifth edition as a yeah. whole, yeah. and the tactics and things involved in it. But probably. I'm going to be moving away from the tactical edge of it and kind of go with more of a a cinematic edge to it. But I think with the current story, I'll keep it. Now that, now that I got the minis painted for it? No, 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 no. I'm definitely <laughs> going to – I'm definitely for this game currently going to be still dealing with a lot of numbers. OK, OK. Um, okay. Because why not? You guys are high level and it's – you guys deserve to be crunching those numbers and enjoying yourselves. Yeah, man. I'm so. a ninth level wizard. I need some templates. Yeah, you do. You do. All right. Pick another one. All right. Uh, so Technolich, let's just go right straight down the line here. Sure. Um, in remote gaming, do you prefer a video feed of the battle board or a virtual desktop with tokens? Uh, I mean, I probably I, – I, I look I, in my experience, the, the what, what we're comparing here is um, the storyteller broadcasting his 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 battle board um, on Discord. Or playing with something live like Roll Twenty. Um, that's that's what I'm drawing from your from your from your question here. Seems like it. for me, I think the Roll Twenty, the live battle board, was a little more fun for me. Um, Roll Twenty will offer you things like the ability to kind of draw on the maps and like ping the map in certain areas and stuff like that. So if you're trying to talk to the storyteller and say, "Hey, I want to go like over here," or "What's along this wall here?" you can actually use some of the drawing tools to like just say, "You know, hey, look at this thing here on the map." Um, and I think that's something you're going to get. You're not going to get, I should say, on Discord with just the storyteller broadcasting their own thing. Um, 
because that's the, it, it depends on everything coming from the storyteller at that point. And it can get a little bit muddled, you know, yeah. like what's over in the corner, this corner? No, that corner. No, no, the other corner. The, no, the far corner, the far my right, not your right, you right. know. And I, I think if you're dealing with a crunchy game, having everybody looking at a common top down board with mm-hmm. tokens like a like like a digital scape is going to give you a lot more fluidity of that. But I think in something like a cinematic, like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. where your position doesn't matter nearly as much. Yeah. I think you could get away with pretty much anything at that point. You really could. I mean, you could really you could, could set up everybody on a on a video feed with minis and just kind of give it a if mm-hmm. you've got really good pieces like maybe you are like yourself. You've got that like imagine if you had that whole gorge set up and then the snowstorm nobody showed up. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to do a little camera sitting on the side of it with everybody on the bridge? Oh, I would have, yeah. And and yeah. that would have made a change. Now, would we have moved differently? Would you have adjusted things so we could see things better? Uh, we, maybe it wouldn't have made as much of a difference because we really didn't do a lot. Yeah. Like our movements weren't all that important other than our relative positions on the bridge mm-hmm. because it didn't end up in combat. It was right. a social encounter. But if it had ended up in combat, then, yep. you know, it would have turned out a lot different. Yep. So. But the, the only thing that I, I – the, the other thing too is that it puts all of the – onus of updating the map then on the storyteller as well so the storyteller is spending half their time telling the story and half the time dinking around with a yes. map and a tabletop and tokens it's got to be and, easy it's got to feel fluid yeah so just even seeding the um ability to move your own tokens to the players mm-hmm is just a big relief because they they can move where they want to go instead exactly. of having to try to describe it to you and then you figure out where that is and like no 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 one square to the right you know yeah I mean sometimes you need to be controlling things yeah and moving them oh true so that true things don't get out of hand but you know passing that up does give you that availability yeah but again you got to know who you're playing with you do you do I I don't I don't know that I would do that with randos off of off of roll twenty that I just invited to the game from. That I've never met before, but you know, with with my my regular gaming group, absolutely, absolutely, I would do that. So, all right, you want to move on to the next uh, next question here? Yeah, Knox asks if we consider giving bad news via phone, email, or text inappropriate. How do we treat a potential emotional player character death during a remote game session? Ooh, oof. Well, let's start with the basics. <laughs> Do you break up with one of your players' characters over the internet? Uh, I think you can. I think you can do anything like that. But anytime you have a, a character death, an honest-to-goodness death, yeah, I think it's a major thing. And I think you need to treat that with that same reserve. Yeah, I think... Hmm, I mean... I'm kind of of two minds on it. On one hand, yeah, I definitely understand where this the, the spirit from where this question's coming from and okay. it's it's it is an emotional thing mm-hmm. and and you know the the human contact, the sensitivity of that I think is an important thing. Um you know, we grow attached to these characters. They they are literally from our own hearts and minds that we create them and especially if they're a long-running character, we've spent hours, you know, wearing that mask. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Living in that skin, you yeah. know, experiencing that world. The time and you've invested. Exactly. And so if that if that character does die, then you know that that can be that can be an emotional blow. There can be some legitimate trauma that happens there. Yeah. Um but on the other hand though, um as someone who has broken up with someone over text simply because text was there. Right. And it needed to happen. Correct. Uh, you know, I'm not going to drive 40 minutes to tell you I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when when you do the thing that betrays me, I'm just going to tell you over the text message, okay, that was the straw that broke the camel's yeah. back, you know. If, if you've got to take care of something, you've got to divorce yourself from a player yeah. in a game. Um, You've got to do what you have to do as a storyteller as long as you're open and you communicate about it. Yeah, exactly. I, I think you just, just handle it and, you know, if you need some cool down time at the end of the game – to talk through feelings so that people aren't just, you know, uh, left without without closure, I suppose, left without, you know, with, with unresolved feelings at the end of the game that they're stewing on for a week, two weeks, a month, whatever it takes for you to guys get back to the table again. Um, 
you know, if there is an emotional moment, you know, have your breakdown at the end of the game. You know, talk about it and and try to work through at least some of those emotions and keep that channel open for as long as you need to. And I think I think that's the way to do it. I think it's good. <laughs> Sean Sean is in the live chat. He says, uh, "Player death should be like like Dark Souls." So what? Fre- frequent and brutal, <laughs> and and sometimes utter BS. <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. Ah, uh. like okay. Uh, the ogre swings his club. He hits everyone on that side of the room. True. True. All right. Uh, Sam's got a question here, but I want to kind of. We've got a couple still going through. Sure. Do you want to follow this one up? Because it it kind of is a good remote follow up question. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, so Samantha would like to ask, uh, how do you make sure everyone plays an equal part in an all-remote game? Hmm. Well, Rob, how do you? Talking sticks work well. Okay. Um, strangely. In the Skype games that I've played, it was very uh, – it was it was easier to have everybody just kind of pause and then have the storyteller direct to each player. Um. And I think by the storyteller talking to the character instead of t- using the player's name, yep. it changed yep. the focus. And it showed also who was actually listening in focus. I think that's good advice just for table – like even table games too. It, it is. Um, table games can be a little challenging, but I think specifically for remote games, one of the one of the saddest things that happens sometimes with remote games that make it go bad is that people don't devote the same energy and effort of focus because they're not there. Correct. Therefore, they're not all there. Right. So if you're yep. if you're uh, to go back to our previous stuff as an etiquette thing, if you're going to play remote, focus. Treat it like you're at someone's home. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're quiet in the quiet area. Make sure you're focused on the game. Make sure you're not working on work or playing another game. Alt tab on YouTube. Alt, exactly. Yeah. You know, do, don't do any of that. Focus on the story for the time. And you may find that it gets a lot more done than even going to that person's house. Yeah. It just it's, – it's a different thing. So I would say for keeping focus, do something along the lines of directed conversation. Mm-hmm. So that you're talking as a storyteller to each of the players and making sure that they're all part of it. The other thing that I found worked really well, and this was um, something that I watched someone do, was as a storyteller, they wrote down on a sheet of paper in front of them each one of the players' characters' names. Mm -hmm. And then as they were going through the game, every time they was working with a player, they would put a dot next to them. Oh, okay. So they could keep track of how many times they interacted with each player. Correct. Gotcha. And that way if they saw low dots on somebody, they could move the story in that direction or That's move the focus. And it's the really small advice, thing yeah. you can do. Um, and you're not trying to, to to get everyone equal, but it's very quick to see, even if you're just yeah. keeping every once in a while, how much of a difference that is. You at least see a trend then. Correct. Right. Correct. Right, right, right. So, yeah. And a follow-up to hers, which is actually here in the live chat, was mm-hmm. – um, any tips on how to play someone else's character if they've given you permission? So if they're not able to make it Oof. and you're playing someone else's character, um, we've done it. Yeah, we've done it. We've done it a few times. Um, I think I think it's a, a soft edge to be careful of mm-hmm. because a lot of times um, you're not playing the theme of that character. You're not yeah. playing who they are. Um, you're, you're playing their class. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's the key. Like, if it's a fighter and you're in combat, yep, they're one of the – otherwise, I would keep that person out of contact with things. Mm -hmm. They're there, but they're preoccupied with something. Yeah, maybe they're just quiet that day. You know? Um, I I personally – that's the the, the few times I've had to uh, uh, take someone Mm -hmm. someone else's character that I tend to just try to keep them low-key, keep their opinions pretty straightforward – you know, don't get them broiled into anything too terribly much. Um, if you are given direct permission by another player and you do want to, you know, make sure that you have their motivations and stuff of that down, uh, I would ask them, you know, just some direct questions like, what does this character want? Um, what, you know, name another maybe movie character or book character that I would know that your character is like in personality or is like in motivations. Um, so, I may not know what, you know, Turok the Orc 
wants right. to do. But I may sure as hell know what, uh, you know, just to throw a name out there, what Indiana Jones might do. You know, obviously not a great example, you know, is, is, is if you if you know the characters, but uh, – you know, I, I can. It's a lot easier for me to think of 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 a, of a character I'm familiar with and right. say, "Well, Turok is like that character." Yeah. Another thing is that I would say, a lot of times it should be the storyteller mm-hmm. because a they're going to keep that person alive. They're going to direct things. They also might know how that class is run better. Um, but they've also know the background. They know things that the other players might not know. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to dice, though, sure. If someone's there is, is going to hold the character sheet and roll the dice, let them roll the dice. Yeah. To keep that random, to keep it away from the storyteller. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good good way to get around it. Read your class abilities. Yeah. Always read your class abilities. You can find out some characters do some amazing things. I had a lot of fun, actually, when I was when I was playing Turok. Yeah, you seem to. <laughs> like a Battlemaster warrior. And I didn't get to play that for very often, but then, uh, oh, man, trip attack and... Uh, and, and and multiple attacks and second wins all go together so well. You just really wail on some people with that. All right. Uh, so moving on. Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch asks, uh, in the event that you have to put a campaign on a prolonged hiatus for things like scheduling conflicts, new jobs, or global pandemics, what are some tips for keeping campaign interest alive during the downtime or revitalizing it once you're back at the table? Oh, son of a bitch. I think this is a great question, actually. Yeah, I did this. So I'm not saying what I did was the right thing to do, but I am saying one of the things that I did. Um, so my game was on a 10-year hiatus. Uh, and I would say through most of those 10 years, there was a lot of conversation about the game. There was. Um, and it wasn't until this last year that I started getting myself back together saying, you know, I do want to do this. And for me, it was more dropping the ideas with each of the players. Like, would this be something to be interested in? Are you guys still interested? And, and there was still a lot of interest in it. Mm-hmm. There was still. And so I, I slowly started working myself together and putting together things. Like, I think the Discord channel was a good place for me to start pulling together ideas um, and – and getting people interested, I think uh, early emails to people individually to ask them about their characters and make sure they were still interested uh, in keeping that character going mm-hmm. in that direction. Um, I think that was the big thing is it's just commu- – again, we talk about communication all the time and I think that's the key is yeah. communication is that if you're really interested in something um, and you've been keeping – your game has been keeping interest with your players – They'll want to know about that. They'll want to move that direction. Mm-hmm. They'll want to join you again at that table to drive back into it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so all you have to do is open the door and be there for them and they'll they'll come running. Mm-hmm. So things things do change. Things happen all the time. Sure. Medical stuff happens. Weather stuff happens. The best thing you can do is just keep in communication. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that's – that's a sort of – Great, great, uh, great things. Um, th- what I tend to do, uh, I mean, we we only play once a month, right, for my personal game. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't have that constant attention of everybody. But uh, what I like to do is drop little lore nuggets and stuff mm-hmm. like that into the Discord uh, that we have set aside for my game. Yep. And, uh, you know, little pictures here and there or whatnot just to keep people kind of thinking about their characters, thinking about the world that we play in and whatnot. Um, you know, nothing huge, nothing that requires much more than a quick glance and a chuckle or something like that. But Indeed. if you see a meme that reminds you of one of your characters or, you know, a short video that's just like, haha, this is totally Thalian, you know. Um, I mean, Sean and I are still chuckling about that video we posted in the Discord. <laughs> Did you just cast a spell on me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we uh, we joke about that all the time, but that was just – it's just something to keep you engaged with your characters in that month-long gap between there. Right, right. And uh, like my game, my uh, my game is going to have a time gap in the game mm-hmm. um, and month between the events. I'm working with you guys to say, okay, we're going to jump scenes. Sure. Like we're going to literally do an episodic thing like from Star Trek where it's like, hey, some shit happened in between here. Let's talk about what that shit is. Right. And then we're just going to go on to the next important thing. 
And so those kind of things for Discord is a great, great place to do that because you can control who gets to see it and how they get to see it. And you can even have breakout channels that are for each one of your players. Yeah, you can just have and, and just have that rolling discussion between game yep. sessions of just, you know, whenever everybody thinks of something, they throw it in the Discord and, yeah. and bam, yep. you know, yeah. It's up there, and by the time your game comes around, then you've got this whole battery of information to work with. Plus, if you use the uh, emotes, you can see who's looked at it. Yep. And that's that's a blessing unto itself right there. Yeah. Be just knowing that someone's read what you posted. Uh-huh. You know, because you'll always get those people like, I didn't get the email. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I never yeah. got that text message. You know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. Those kind of things. The ability you know? to tag people directly so mm-hmm. that it pushes a notification mm-hmm. to them, mm-hmm. you know. How are we looking, uh, Caitlin, since we have no concept of time currently? Uh, probably about five minutes or so. Like yeah. Five, five and a half? Wow. All right. We're doing really well. Um, uh, one thing I did want to oh. kind of circle back around to. Sure, I, sure, I had sure. it here on the show sheet, but I think we, I think we skipped it over it because uh, it's literally one Erp. line. Yeah. It's literally one line. Um, but uh, I know a lot of people uh, – we were talking about minis and, and terrains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, with, uh, with a lot of the, the lockdown, quarantine, social distancing stuff that we're doing right now. Right, right, right. A lot of people staying at home. Yeah. It might be a good time to get some hobby done, guys. Oh, dude. I'm going to post a bunch of stuff up there. That's a great idea. I, yeah. I've got a whole like literally like a saved list on YouTube of stuff mm-hmm. that I've been wanting to watch crafters do. Yeah. And I just got a bunch of boxes from Ikea and, you know, cardboard sitting around Uh-oh. my house. So. Uh-oh. Might might be time to build Arts some crafts, crap. Rob. That's right. That's right. Uh, I got to get you the uh, the the login credentials for the Instagram, so you can start oh, posting yes. that up. I should post a few of those pictures up. Yeah, so. absolutely. Let the let the world know. And uh, the the other reason I want to bring this up is uh, if any of you out there, our listener yeah. base, are hobbying, um, definitely like tweet it at us. Uh, tag us on Instagram if that if that's the thing. I'm still learning Instagram, so I'm yeah, sorry. we're I'm, terrible at it. I'm old and I'm terrible at it. Um, throw but, it on uh, Discord. Yeah, throw it on the Discord. Uh, we want to see your hobby projects. Yeah, um, yeah. we would love to see it. And uh, you know, follow us on on uh, on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. We're both uh, at or, or sorry, at uh, st underscore conclave. Yep. Uh, on both those platforms, mm-hmm. and uh, you can find our Discord link uh, in the show description. You can find it up on Twitter. Yeah. Um, we, and join we, us there. We've got we've got a whole channel dedicated to basically people's arts and crafts. Yeah, well. and we love seeing it. We love because it gives us new ideas. Mm-hmm. It gives the other storytellers great ideas. We love just that connectivity and tool set and getting people more in this community because it's more than just storytellers here. We yeah. have players here who are becoming storytellers. Yeah, absolutely. And we have players who are just trying to get be better players at the tables that they're at. And and everybody brings something interesting to their to their to their games too. You know, everybody brings something new. So some people are really good at, you know, writing things, some people are really good at painting things, some mm-hmm. people are really good at building little, you know, little, little terrain things or little yeah. houses or castles yeah. or whatever. Um, you know, and I, and I love seeing where everybody has those touch points with the, with, with the gaming hobby. Exactly. You know? Um, did you see, did you see the Mad Elf posting all those pictures of his, uh, 40K minis too? They're fantastic. Um, they're, they're, he's doing such a great job and I'm so enthusiastic yeah. about that. I'm cheering him on so much and I'm so glad we gave him that basing stuff too because Dude, his bases are looking so much better. So much better. So much yeah. better. It's those little things. It is. And it, it, it's just, it's spreading that love, spreading that energy out absolutely. to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I know I've improved with some of my art, and I, I stink at painting, mm-hmm. but I've gotten better at doing some of my basing, some of my highlighting. You've gotten really good. Dry brushing, actually. things yeah. like that, that I just didn't know how to do before. No, you so. didn't. You didn't, but but now you do. I know better. And I know better. Well, and you're gonna get you're gonna get better. Look, we were yeah. all we were all newbies sometime, mm-hmm. and so even if you're you know you're still at that level where you're just kind of slapping you know some paint on your mini and whatnot, it, it, you're you're trying. You're producing and you're putting passion and love into your into your project. So exactly. you know, you may not be winning golden demons and crystal brushes or whatever they're you yeah. know the, the the major things are out there right now. But right, right, right. Um, you know, it may not be award winning, but you know what? It's it's your hobby. It's made with love and it's enhanced your game in some way to have your painted mini out there on the table. So, That's right. That's right. You know what? Be proud of it. Love it and and post us pictures. We'd love to see them. I will do what I can. <laughs> I'm terribly shy about it, even though I do this. Go figure. <laughs> so. All right. You want to you wanna wrap this thing up, then? Sure. Hit us, Caitlin. All right. You can, as, as I mentioned earlier, you can find us online at st underscore conclave on Twitter, uh, st underscore conclave on Instagram, 
And uh, please, by all means, join our Discord, uh, join in the discussion, shoot us some questions. You can find the Discord link on Twitter. Uh, it's pinned to our Twitter feed, as well as in the description of any of these episodes of our podcast in your favorite podcast listening software. You can join us on our live chat like some of our listeners, like Knox and Sam do each time, each week that we do this, uh, by joining our Patreon. Uh, it is a wonderful way to help support our show, uh, as well as to get a little extra flair on our Discord. Uh, and then you can ask us live show questions like they do and uh, make so many extra comments and try and get us to talk about uh, small reptiles with shells on their back. Uh, our intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gee Frog. Uh, you can find that at geefrogmusic.webly.com or on Google Music. Our outro is our Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find that at soundcloud.com slash midairmachine slash tracks. We record every week at Podcast Detroit. You can find them online at podcastdetroit.com. On Twitter, at Podcast Detroit. I want to give a big shout out to our engineer, Caitlin, who uh, stirs macaroni and cheese in the background uh, for (laughs) us. And uh, a big shout out also to our families, Vicky and Sean, for supporting us and loving us through this whole podcast endeavor. We love you. And all of our friends who've sat with us at our tables over the years, and you especially, our listeners. We love you. We love you. Good night. Good night.